Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Suhas Sridhar, and I'm joined today by Matt Gunn. Hey, Matt. Hey, Suhas. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Doing all right. So today we're going to talk about product recalls. Yeah. It's something that happens to a lot of companies, right? Where something happens with a product that's been released to the public. In Samsung's case, to pull a recent example, the Galaxy Note 7, their flagship phone, mysteriously started exploding and starting on fire. Not really a good look for those of you that keep your phones in your pockets. And it happened and it's news of it spread really fast. A couple others, we see it happen in places like food and beverage. Chipotle would be an example where they had an E. coli breakout at multiple locations that got something like 500 customers sick. Again, 500 customers in the world of Chipotle, which is a big national food chain, not a ton, but anyone you get sick when you're feeding them food is a problem. There have been some others too, Volkswagen and their diesel emission cheating scandal was another recent story that we saw in the last year. And there have been others, Takata Airbags, which affected how many car companies and has continued to send shockwaves throughout the automotive community just from the size and scope. But I think what it all comes down to and with in today's society where everyone is so connected and where a single tweet or maybe several tweets coming from the right places can amplify a message so rapidly and get ahead of, you know, whatever the truth is in the news to cause a widespread damage to a reputation. And when you're a big global company or a manufacturer, whether you're consumer products or consumer electronics like Samsung or whether you're an automaker like Volkswagen or whether you're selling food and beverages like Chipotle, it can damage your reputation in ways that are hard to calculate but end up being very costly when you have to recall products, when you have to take products out of commission entirely, pull them from shelves, when you have to go and do the forensics in your own supply chain to figure out what went wrong and hopefully fix it. Yeah, what's really interesting about the examples that you mentioned was that with the case of Takata and the case of Volkswagen, these were recalls where the cause was basically known, right, in the case of Volkswagen, that was a cheating of the emission standards. And then in Takata, it was the airbags that were very clearly the culprit. What's interesting about both Samsung and Chipotle was as these kinds of disasters were unfolding, the companies didn't really quite know at first what was causing the defects or the contaminated food. They didn't, they couldn't trace it, right? And I think that's sort of a really interesting situation when you consider that supply chains are so vast and huge these days, spanning multiple partners. Trying to pinpoint exactly what went wrong in that process is kind of a very difficult thing, even for these kinds of, you know, very large corporations. Yeah, absolutely. And even in Samsung's case, or in that particular example, where it was a little bit unclear, but there was a sense there was something wrong with the batteries, the news started to spread in September of 2016, I believe, and the recall happened in October. Once that happened, it took four or five months before Samsung could come out in January, late January, and apologize, and then identify that the problem came down to an issue with battery and the manufacturing process at two different factories, one that was owned by Samsung, one by one of its partners, where microscopic little problems in a phone. You don't really have a lot of place to uh, make mistakes with batteries. And the fact that they've been trying to push the technology so far, as far as the life you get out of a battery and the size of a phone, 
really kind of combined to create this problem in manufacturing where there was really no room for error. And unfortunately, there were some errors in the manufacturing process. But it took time to figure that out. They couldn't just flip a switch and say, okay, the problem comes down to this. And that is one of those things that can be hard to quantify. I mean, in the meantime, Samsung lost something like $7 billion in market cap. They took their product off the shelves. You don't know exactly how much market share they lost, but it came right at the time that Apple was releasing its new iPhone. When customers see the big headline news of a phone on fire, now this is something that almost everyone has at this point, and it's one of the most personal devices that any person owns. Like Everyone's always on their phone. And so to see something that you depend on, that you trust, that you use so much could hurt you or it could cause damage or burn down your house really shook confidence in its consumers. And the same with Chipotle, where it took time to do the forensics in the food supply chain. And because of their very high standards of the type of quality that they put in as far as food goes and a fairly rigid supply chain that depends on a very distinct set of suppliers. They had to really look into all of those different pieces and then figure out at what point between those farms and their stores, the issues were happening. And that wasn't something where there's just clean data, at least unfortunately in this case, there wasn't. Yeah. And it's kind of a lesson in complacency too, with regards to the supply chain and the architecture of it, because Samsung actually initially issued a recall and then had a replacement, right, with batteries from a different manufacturer, thinking that it was a problem that they isolated to a very specific supplier. And then it turned out that those batteries also caught on fire, the replacement phones. And it's sort of a very interesting case because of that. So it's not enough to just have multiple sourcing partners and multiple supply chains, but you actually need to have like sort of very clear insights into being able to see you know, who is doing what and what are the differences. And in this case, both suppliers had independent battery problems that weren't the same problem, but they both resulted in battery fires, right? And similarly with Chipotle, they tried to isolate these E. coli outbreaks to specific food suppliers. And then suddenly in a different part of the country using a different supplier, you would have the same thing happen too, right? So it's a very interesting problem that a lot of these companies face. It's not enough to just have a couple of backups in your supply chain. You actually really need to have engagement and interaction and detailed visibility into all of the processes that are happening. Because otherwise, it'll take time, like you said, to actually be able to identify what goes wrong. Yeah, that's a great point. And so in these types of situations, all of a sudden, there is no plan B. You know, you, you're you're thinking, okay, I'm going to shut down this supplier. Or I'm going to uh, pause at this factory. That doesn't always fix it. It's never as clean in a very big, complex global supply chain. Exactly what is going on? The forensics, like we said, it it takes a lot of time, and that time costs money. I think um, in Samsung's case, the fact that they were so big and that the Note Seven, despite its status as a flagship phone is still kind of niche because it's one of those giant phones. They had previously raised the Galaxy S7 and you know it had the similar insides. It was a smaller phone. And so they were able to kind of cushion the loss by diverting people to another product altogether, if not perhaps the one that they wanted, where they didn't experience those problems. But just 
a couple days ago, HP had to recall 101,000 laptop batteries on top of a recall of 41,000 batteries that it had to do last year. This is going across multiple lines of HP laptops. So where Samsung's was at least isolated to one phone, the Note 7, this is happening in multiple different HPs. So it might be the HP ProBook or the HP Envy or the Compact Presario. Uh, that's even more widespread, and that really does have a much larger dampening effect on your manufacturing. What this is telling me is supply chain problems related to recalls can happen in any sort of shape or form. No two companies will necessarily have a similar experience with a product recall. But what is kind of important to know is that, you know, a few years ago, we were talking about these kinds of massive supply chain disruptions like tsunamis or earthquakes or political strife somewhere disrupting a supply chain. And I think nowadays we're we're sort of talking about the internal dynamics of the supply chain being its own worst enemy in some cases. And so it kind of highlights the necessity to be able to have control over your day-to-day operations because that's really what will ultimately undermine you if something goes wrong. And those kinds of external events, they might be just one-off events where companies who already have a good control over their day-to-day operations will be able to weather them. They might be disruptive, but they're not going to be as disruptive as these internal ones that will just bleed you dry. Right. There's challenges and opportunities throughout this when you do have a very big and complex supply chain. I mean, not many companies out there are global and are sourcing everything from their own business units or manufacturing all in their own factories. And so you do have to rely on a lot of different trading partners throughout the supply chain. But to that point, along those lines of, yeah, it's not going to be that tsunami all the time. It might be these little forces chipping away or these little losses of quality control along the way as you do get complacent or as you do sort of outsource responsibility maybe to some of these suppliers out there. It's something that you simply can't do is at the end of the day, your brand is on the product that you're selling. Your customers are going to most directly blame you for it and want to see you fix it or else they're going to move on. It's a pretty low barrier to choosing one product over another. Yep. And I think uh, we're probably going to see, unfortunately, many more of these instances because supply chains have gotten so complex. There are so many partners involved and the kinds of basically like the manufacturing process itself has gotten more involved too. And given all of those constraints, there's just a lot more opportunity for errors leading to disasters. So I think it's critical right now, 2017, for most of these large corporations to start to get some sort of handle on their entire manufacturing and production and distribution process uh, so that they can not only maybe prevent some of these instances from happening, but also if something does happen, they can very quickly isolate what went wrong. Absolutely. You aren't going to stop every problem that arises near supply chain from happening. But what you can do is have deeper visibility, have better interconnectivity with all of your suppliers across so that you have a better sense of the big picture of what's going on out there and making sure that your suppliers are in compliance and that when there are quality issues, you can trace it back to perhaps where it originated and make the changes that you need to do before they become very costly. You know, the average food recall costs a company $10 million in direct costs. It's not a lot. But if you look at Chipotle right now, where 
prior to the food outbreak where there were breakdowns in supply chain it was it had a market capitalization of about 23 billion dollars today they're still recovering and it's still been a long process with no easy answers and so they're chugging along it just a little bit more than half of that from a, a market value of around 13 billion dollars right now i mean that's pretty significant to really any company when you are only doing one type of service or a product where Chipotle is selling its food, it has a limited set of ingredients, it packages it together in just a small amount of ways, that effect is exponentially worse than it is if you're a big, giant manufacturer like Samsung where, okay, maybe we'll move you on to a different model of phone, or maybe we're going to promote our television business a little bit heavier in this next quarter, or you have other devices out there that can sort of buoy and offset the losses that you face during a time of crisis and begin to dig yourself out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not every company has that luxury, but it's just all the more important to take these lessons and apply them to your own individual supply chain. Well, thanks, Matt. These are some very important cautionary tales. And unfortunately, we'll probably have you know several more cautionary tales in the future that we can learn from. And you know, we'll stay up to date. Absolutely. And hope that with big stories like this and, you know, no one wants to make headlines for the wrong reasons, that companies really do take a hard look into the supply chain and the way that they are able to see all of the things happening across. Great. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Suhas. This has been Supply Chain Radio. Supply Chain Radio.